The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my good friend Sondra Bernstein on a somewhat chilly day here in Sonoma County. I think finally fall has arrived, Sandra. Last night, driving home from work, we hit, you know, that little sensor comes on in your car that says... Um, icy roads <laughs> and that yeah. means you you've hit 37 degrees so we are um <laughs> we are at that point in sonoma county where we are ready to move inside um we, we're gonna do whatever we have to do to get inside because it was sort of a rough weekend um I'll, and i'll let um chef uh, talk about uh, what was going on at his restaurant this weekend but we've got an amazing chef on today chef michael mina world-renowned chef uh you know, I, I don't know even know how many restaurants. It's somewhere between 15 and 20, probably. Uh, oh, that you've 45, got. I think. 45, has it grown yes. that much? My goodness. Yes, <laughs> unless the bio's outdated and you have another 10 on there. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chef, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Yeah, I had one of... I, I had an amazing, amazing meal at your restaurant in San Francisco with my childhood best friend on a day where I was catching her for a couple hours. And that's where we met. We had the uh, most wonderful time. And I must say, um, I switched our bottled water after that meal. I was going <laughs> to mention that. Sandra, I wasn't sure if you remembered that, but you came to, at the time I was working for you and you came to me the next day and said, we're getting St. Jerome bottled water in. Find out how much it yes. is and how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. The pivotal moments, but it was it was amazing, and um, yeah, we. I was really excited because you're now one of our neighborhood restaurants. And welcome to the neighborhood, um, Chef. Thank you so and, much. Uh, heard so many incredibly wonderful things. Um, especially from our Miss Emily, our jet-setting fashionista, who you must be paying her under the table. <laughs> no, but I've heard just from neighbors and, you know, Sonoma somehow ends up being really picky and a little bit fickle and they are enjoying your restaurant. I, I'm still at home, so I haven't gone. Um, right. I've been invited many times already, yeah. but I'm like, no, I'm home. Yeah, so. well, whenever you're, whenever the world, whenever the time is right for you, we can't wait to have you at the restaurant. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I look forward to it. So how, you know, I know you went to the Culinary Institute and um, I just, I, it's so amazing to me how you started out and you worked your path very, you know, somewhat slowly in the beginning. And mm -hmm. now you have places all over the world. <laughs> yeah yeah happen? I, I mean I never could figure out how to make do more than we do yeah um you know I mean obviously you know the, the reality of life is that you know when you say I have places we, we you know you know and I know in this business it's all about who you're surrounded by your team the people that you know enable you to grow um and then, you know, and you have to, you know, there has to be a strategy behind it. I think um, sometimes the strategy, sometimes the reality starts to happen and then the strategy follows it. And then other times it's the other way around. And for me, you know, um, it was, you know, I was really blessed 
in the fact that, you know, there's got to be a lot of luck that goes into everything in life. There's a, a level of luck. There's a level of, of, you know, right time in the right place and right things happening that kind of in, enable you to get started. And so I went to the Culinary Institute, graduated from there in, you know, 89. Um, while I was there, I did my internship at the Hotel Bel Air and got to meet, um, you know, started with George Marone then, and then also got to meet an amazing chef named Jerry Hayden, who was going to be the chef of Oriel in New York when Oriel was first opening in New York, the original Oriel for Charlie Palmer. And so my second year of, you know, CIA, you go half the year, you, you do half the, you do half and half. So you do a year, then you get your, do your internship, and then you do another year. And my second year was amazing because the second year I got to the city every weekend and work at Oriel and got to go actually stage in other restaurants. And to be able to do that, yeah, I think I was 19, to be able to do that when you're one that young and so you're kind of fearless like you'll get on a train you'll go to Manhattan you really don't care you know you're not really that aware of what you know what's around you um but number two you know just getting that ability to see that type and, and Oreo is a really special restaurant I think Charlie had done something very special at that time because most of the you know the four-star restaurants and things of that nature were a little bit more classically French, um, you know, and Charlie kind of did the, you know, what he does, that American cuisine and, and opened the restaurant and really was going for this really high level of, you know, of execution, but this really great design that was fresh and modern. And, and, um, and so it was a big eye opening to just to see kind of, um, to start to understand, like you're going to school and, and how it all works. And then, you know, from there, um, got the opportunity, went back to uh, Los Angeles and worked with, with George Marone. And then we got the opportunity to come to San Francisco and, and open Aqua um, and, you know, conceptualize that together and, and get put in a position to be able to open, you know, a restaurant like that. Um, and, you know, went and spent some time back in New York, but then, you know, Aqua opened in 1991 and, you um, it was, you know, really a lot of what learned from being at Oriel, you know, a lot of what uh, the vision of what George had and, and of like, you know, this creating this four star restaurant that had energy and had life and had a big bar and, you know, really had, you know, and I think the one that the restaurant that we both loved so much was Stars in San Francisco. And, and it was kind of trying to say it's almost the next evolution of it is you know create this restaurant that has energy but still really is focused on you know how do we make this really amazing fish restaurant and um and so that was kind of the journey to start and from there um the opportunity came for the second restaurant you know there was a lot of opportunities but and this was in 97 and it was to go to Bellagio um, in Las Vegas. And that was obviously, you know, it was an interest, it was interesting to be offered something like that. Um, but it was pretty intimidating actually, because at that time, you know, it was Le Cirque and, and, uh, Todd English was doing olives and John George was doing the steakhouse and, and Julian Serrano was going to, you know, open Picasso. So 
you know, it, it was, uh, it, it was a definitely an intense um, and great way to have to build your second restaurant. But really what happened for, for us was we were able to do that because kind of the reason I think Aqua worked so well there was because we were in the financial district at lunch and, you know, we had to really gear our menus towards speed and still do a really high, well-executed style of food. And so the world was kind of shifting at that point. People were still wanting and demanding high quality food, but were looking for, you know, a faster pace, not a long drawn out meal. And being in the financial district, that kind of happened. And so when we got to Las Vegas, we did see enormous success early because I think we we um, were able to cater to what the get what you know 80 90 percent of the clientele wanted and um and they wanted to gamble they wanted to gamble <laughs> and so that was really you know it, it, it's really interesting I mean for me I say it all the time I mean that was the big aha moment was going from one to two was the big aha moment because at one you're doing you know you can keep your finger on the pulse on everything. We, I had so many, you know, I had a great, such an amazing team at Aqua and we were able to build really, really great systems and how we wanted to do things and things of that nature. So when we went from one to two, we were able to implement that. And so we started to see that, you know, it was gonna take a lot of structure and and really um, the, just the growth of, you know, people around you if you ever wanted to do more than that. And, you know, at that time it was, it was pretty voodoo as well, you know, doing more than one restaurant as a chef, um, you know, you, you got, you definitely took a beating in, in the press and, you know, how can you be in two kitchens? How can you, and, and that really bothered me. I mean, honestly, when I look back at actually, if there was anything that inspired me to prove, because I really felt that it wasn't fair because I felt there was so many, um, people that were quote unquote restaurateurs that, you know, maybe were never even really in the restaurant business, you know, and they, they were <laughs> attorneys or, you know, something yeah. and they, and they got a chef and they, you know, and they kind of rode the chef's back and became these restaurateurs. And I always said, you know, it would be great if there was more of a mix, if there was more restaurateurs, there were chefs that really, you know, I think it would help the country just moving the quality of food forward. And, and the press kind of made it voodoo at that time. Um, luckily that's all changed and, you know, and you see obviously many chefs now with doing multiple things. And I think it's really helped to improve, you know, the food in, in the United States. And so that the Bellagio was a really, was really that point for me where we were able to say, okay, now, now, you know, go from one to two and then start to build it from there. Chef, you know, opening up a restaurant and I, I you know, Sandra and I have both done that. It's, it's sometimes an uncomfortable experience because, especially if, if you're a detail-oriented person who's used to having systems in place, you know, when, when you open up a new restaurant, it's sort of, you know, creating that whole system of how, how everything is going to work. How long did it take for you? Like, what restaurant did you finally come into and say, okay, we got this. We know that we need to do this, this, and this, and we can get it done in this amount of time, um, and then we can open up the doors. Um, I'll, I'll let you know when that happens. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it's um, it, it's definitely. Um, it, it, I think it's kind of like um, everything else. You know, it's going to have 
a constant evolution because our industry is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to change. There's certain things that make us, that make our industry so magical and those things don't change. And so there's things that are set in stone and then there's other parts and pieces that have to evolve as time evolves, as people evolve. And so I think that, um, you know, less restaurants, you do more yourself. So you have your hands in more pots and you probably have more control over things. As you have more restaurants, you need great people, but you need the foundation of, of that nice mix of people that have, you know, you've worked together with that have grown up with you and you've grown up together. And then as well as always bringing in, you know, fresh, you know, really great new eyes and things of that nature. And that's kind of, to me, the, the tricky balance of, of wanting to make sure that you do both so that that way, when you do exactly what you said, when you're opening these restaurants, you know, it's, but there is a lot of structure and there's a lot of thought that goes into it, how you do it and where you, where, and when you do it, you know, in a certain market, I mean, you know, it has to be the right personalities. The, I think the one thing early on that were big, big mistakes is, you know, you always just went for, okay, exact like culinary talent or this type of talent and you could you would try to overlook um maybe put things aside uh, about you know if they had x amount of talent maybe the you know personality wasn't as important then what you really start to realize is a restaurant is all about the personality and you gotta have that you know yes the talent has to be there but you know, you have to have the, the restaurant has to have the right personality to be in the right spot. You can't go to Sonoma and open the same restaurant you open in downtown San Francisco right. and with the, exactly like the same. It's, it's just that that just philosophically to me, that's not correct. You know, and so then you have to think about the staffing and it always comes down to to the people you're working with and to the leadership and in the restaurant, because you're not going to be you can have the best systems in the world, but the reality is if you don't have the right people running the restaurant, it doesn't matter what systems you have in place. Yeah, I've heard you say the right chef and the right GM, you sort of need mom and dad um, mm -hmm. to be in place mm -hmm. and then everything else sort of uh, falls in place from there. Yeah. Do you well, have like an executive team like for the whole company mm -hmm. or yeah. like, yeah? Uh, yeah, a, a really large, actually that's that's kind of been one of those places where I think we've been very fortunate because the way that we structured our company from the beginning was that um, we were going to do these partnerships with hotels and with casinos and with you know residential buildings and so you know a lot of it was being able to build the right infrastructure and that to me you know when you try to just go out and say, okay, we're going to, you know, so the second restaurant, the first aqua was, you know, an owned lease where you do everything, you know, you got to be the plumber, you got to be the electrician, you got to be everything. And then the second one was in the hotel and it was a partnership and, you know, where we didn't have, you know, we didn't have to raise the capital. We didn't have to do certain things. And, and it was really much more of a management contract but it let us do all the things that we were really good at, which was conceptualize, implement, operate. Um, and then it also gave you the ability to kind of be a lot more strategic about your, your, your team because you kind of knew how much, you know, how much, how much revenue would come from the restaurant there. There was, um, there's a little bit more certainty. Um, it, 
than there is um, with an, you know, when you go out and lease a restaurant, own a restaurant, it's more upside when you lease a restaurant and you own it, but there's a little bit more security and certainty with the management contracts. And so it helps you build an infrastructure. So our team is about 50, 52 people on the corporate side. Um, and I'd say that, you know, we have, we average about, I think it's almost about nine to 10 years that they've been together. I mean, some 20 plus years and then some are newer, but you know, it's like nine to 10 years. And so there's a lot of, you know, that it, it's been a great journey in the sense of a lot of, you know, knowing exactly what the other person's doing without having to even talk to them. That's amazing. I mean, that says a lot about you to be able to keep, you know, that amount of people in that really high level. Um, basically, you're putting your trust into them um, to follow, you know, the heart of the business. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's really, yeah. Well, they're putting, you know, they're putting their trust in in us to, mm -hmm. to guide them and teach them and make sure that, you know, one of the hard... I, you know, if you ask me what the hardest thing is about all of it, I would tell you that it's, you know, it's the ability to be able to look at somebody when it's time, if you don't have the next step for them and to be able to be good about it and to be honest about it and be able to sit down with them and say, you know, more than likely the next step for you, there's a bigger upside for you to take, you know, where you are right now and to take that next leap. Sometimes you got to, you know, do that. And then other times you never have to do that because, you know, because there is the next step for them. It's not everybody has to, you have to do that with everybody, but you, you know, you have to understand that, you know, so much of it is about not me teaching them everything. It's about them being in an environment in which they're constantly learning and being put into positions and learning can obviously, as you know, that can just be from the fact that you're put into really tough environments, you know, into where you're, you're multitasking and sometimes you have to learn on your own and, and then you have the systems to rely on and the, and the team and the people. So you can do that, but ultimately, you know, it's, that's how you keep people together. You know, yes, you, you know, it's always important to, try to pay as much as you can because that's it's the right thing to do. But the reality is, is you got to be able to be giving them, you know, they have to be learning constantly for them to stick around. Yeah. And motivated and yeah. Mm -hmm. Self-start, you know, like have some self-ambition also, you know, to elevate the whole team together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, the creative side helps that a lot because, you know, one of the things that we have been 100% dedicated to from the beginning is saying, you know, we're going to partner with great chefs. We're going to partner with, you know, we're going to partner with a Ken Tamanaga and do a Japanese concept. There's no way I'm going to go out and say, I'm ready to do a Japanese concept. I mean, it would, you know, that there's a culture to that. There's a learning to that, that, that takes a lifetime. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then that, that beauty of getting that partnership and finding that right person and then doing that. And then our whole team gets to learn, you know, from them and, and they learn from us. And, and that's been probably the most rewarding part of, of the journey so far. Is that Pabu? Pabu. Yeah. Pabu, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I love Ken. He's, yeah. um, he's amazing. He's, he's, 
it's the epitome of everything that's good about what we do. Is, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, you know, the sushi at Hana, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah phenomenal. I, I used to, I used to eat there when, you know, I mean, we still do, but I mean, um, you know, my wife and me literally would drive, you know, in our family and drive and go there, you know, we catch ourselves eating there two and three times a week if we could, right? Yeah, and, you know, totally. we, uh, and yeah, it adds up there. <laughs> yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, when we were looking at, you know, there, we had been approached by a couple really, you know, big name um, Japanese chefs and we had kind of gone down the road and it didn't work out and um, to do a partnership. And then ultimately I was just sitting there. I was like, you know, why am what are we, what are we doing? Why am I just not doing this with Ken? You know, there's nobody, yeah, exactly. there's nobody that I, you know, <laughs> I love his food. I love him as a person. And, you know, and, and that was, you know, that was really a, a, a great moment that kind of started this, this really fun journey we've been on of partnering with chefs and Ken was really the first. Mm-hmm. What is, okay, Bryka. No, I was just curious what took you so long to get to wine country? I mean, I, we know you were in San Francisco, but I, I would have thought there would have been numerous offers somehow to get you into either on the Napa side. I mean, we're happy to have you over on the Sonoma side, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, you know, we did have numerous offers and, um, and I really loved this particular project. I, I, I thought Sonoma, just because we live, you know, Diane and me live in Nicasio and we would oh, go to, yeah, and we would go you know, really often to Sonoma. And, you know, uh, my wife is actually going to be there. So I'm sure she's going to, she's going to be there tomorrow for 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) But, and you know, she loves your restaurant. Absolutely loves it. You know, she eats, she eats there all the time. Yeah. Oh, thank you. (laughs) She's probably been there more than I have in the last eight months. (laughs) (laughs) You'll probably be there probably four times in the next 10 days. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look up a picture of her so we know. So we know. <laughs> but, but, um, but we liked it. We loved it. We loved, you know, like the, and, and it just, you know, like everything else, you, you kind of know when the project is right mm-hmm. and, and it has to feel right. And this one felt right. It just felt right. It felt like the space, what, what the vision of what we wanted to do, what they wanted to do. It, it all came together and it felt right, you know, because there's a certain feeling I think that you need to have when you're in wine country. I'm excited. I, I was, um, you know, I was definitely like, this is what Sonoma needs. Sonoma needs, you know, somebody that's really respected in the culinary world, needs to up its game. Um, and I think it, it's awesome. We do have some, it's kind of crazy, like in the pandemic, you know, you're new, Valley's new, Tab yeah. family's new. Um, Layla, I think, is still trying to, you know, get its footing. Um, what else? Is there one more that I'm missing? Um, no, maybe oh, no, those not. Are, yeah, those oh, are the and ones then, that, yeah. Brian, whatever's going to happen at the Fairmont, that's still questionable. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Happen. Yeah, Chef, we, we um, are in the process of sort of rebranding our fine dining restaurant that used to um, yeah um used to have andrew kane who came from french laundry and and he's yeah. since moved on to moved on to uh yeah to new york so we're we we um 
we might be looking for uh, someone like you. If you want to, if, if you want another place <laughs> down the street. Do <laughs> <laughs> no, you really want to compete with your own restaurant on the other side? <laughs> you know, have you done that before though? Have you had two restaurants in the same city? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if they're different concepts, you think maybe yeah. that's fine. Yeah. 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 Different concepts. And usually again, like I said, I mean, a lot of what we do now, um, is partnerships with, you know, if, you know, they're very, you know, a lot of times they're very different concepts and they don't really compete with each other at all, depending on where the city is and what the city right. is. You know. Right. What, what is a typical like day or week for you? Um, mm. you know, I'm, I imagine they all change like all mm. the time, but like, mm. Um, well, it's obviously like everybody else, it's been different during the pandemic, but, um, so the, you know, for better, or for worse, the traveling has been cut down, which is, you know, kind of, um, obviously this is a horror, you know, this is a tough time for everyone, not just, you know, every people in our industry and, and, and everybody just in emotionally and, and obviously given, you know, the health reasons and everything else, but, um, I think that, you know, if there is a, a silver lining to it, there probably has been more, um, you know, innovation on our team and and really thought about, I don't think we would have ever gotten a break like this to really be able to kind of have some time together, have some time to strategize and things of that nature. So that's that's been definitely a shift in, you know, in the way that the day flows for us. There's more, you know, there's more of a time where we can all actually talk and strategize and look at uh, different things that we always talked about, what we never had the time to do. And so kind of spend, I'd say that more time now um, doing that through what we're doing right now, whether it's Zoom calls or whether it's calls through the beginning of the day. I mean, I get up really early usually, um, with you know with Diane we'll go for walks with the dogs and get the day going and then you know usually by seven eight o'clock you know we're talking to the east coast and and then by nine o'clock you know on calls with everybody here and then you know even normally you know the day I always want to be in the kitchen at night be in a restaurant at nighttime and um, so wherever I'm at you know the my whenever we open a restaurant I try to do uh, a really, you know, a good, I still very much the part that I love is just that setting, getting it all set the way I like it, getting everything, getting the, 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 the flow of the kitchen, the flow of the dining room, the flow of everything the way I like it. And that usually takes between, you know, three weeks to three months, depending on the restaurant. And I'll try to, to be in that kitchen that whole time, be in that restaurant the whole time. And so what it really helps me do is when I come back to a restaurant, I feel comfortable in the kitchen. I feel like I can just give the chef the night off or whatever I want to do and, and feel very comfortable in that environment because that's still the most enjoyable part without a doubt. I, I love the openings, you know, I mean, I've opened it's without, if all I could do is just open restaurants and then not be responsible for them afterwards, yeah. that would be the best job. But who would hire that? I wouldn't want to give that to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, the, and you don't mind working 15, 16 hour days. You don't mind having 10 espressos, you know, yeah. and then you're like shaking. I mean, it was the absolute best. I think yeah. I that the most. 
what you're shaking your head you hated it (laughs) there was some parts of opening opening properties that were fun you know it was the camaraderie of everyone that got together and sort of to make it happen but as but I'm one of those people that likes when there's already systems in place I know exactly what's going to be done and and then I I don't like dealing with architects where you know you (laughs) they'll, they'll ask you okay so we're designing the coffee station so what is it exactly that you need where so for me it makes sense to have the coffee cups the creamers, the refrigerator, like everything right uh-huh. there. So it's, I, I don't have to move my feet and I can assemble everything on one tray. But then you come back three weeks later and they decided that it would look prettier if something <laughs> was over here or over there. Next thing you know, it's 10 steps for me to make an espresso. So no, I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, teams need people like you also to have that structure. And then people like, creative people like me, you know, that just can dream big and go, wow, this would look great. And yeah, well, I think that's why you're so great at catering is because that that's what it is. You're basically opening up a restaurant for a one day, you know, a a three hour or six hour experience. And so I can see. I'm not good at that. The team is good at that, (laughs) but I am not a schlepper. I do not like to load and unload and you know, you get somewhere 45 minutes away and you don't have your tongs or you don't, you know, somebody didn't do the pack list right. I'm like, that is not for me. And yeah, I mean, how, so we're in the pandemic, um, you know, we've had to shift and, um, you know, kind of change things. And a- actually this morning I had a really interesting call with a guy in Lexington, Kentucky about a completely new way of delivery because Mm. of what's happening with Grubhub and DoorDash and, you know, some of these people and the percentages, they, they like changing it into like a membership model. And it was really fascinating. They're like really, really new into it. But I think like you were saying, where you get to have that, um, that time to talk with your team, um, you know, what, I don't know, what do you see as the biggest change through the pandemic? I mean, you have places that are open inside and not open inside and. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that a lot of the traditional rules are, have gone away, right? I mean, obviously delivery. Um, it was really interesting because when the pandemic first hit, and so probably where we focused the majority of our attention, it, it really started out with saying, "Okay, we want to, cre- you know, we want to keep, we want to keep our team together." That was it. I mean, that really, at the end of the day, it was like, "How do we keep as many people together and keep as many people employed as possible?" And there, you just kind of hit it on the head. Yeah, now you've got places that are open outside and everything else. But at that point you didn't, it was, you're right. going to have to lean into delivery. You're going to have to, um, you know, understand it and lean into it. Whereas yeah, I'm sure Sandra, you're the same as I was like before it was just a pain in the butt, right? It's like somebody orders something oh, yeah. and you're like running, you know, okay, now I need the container now, <laughs> you, know? Exactly. Exactly. you know, you never really, I, I've spent more time working on to-go containers over the last six months of like. I know, and not even, and just the environmental part of it. Like, no, this product you can't recycle. Yeah, it's Sonoma, it's not compostable. I mean, uh-huh. two years ago at the farmers market, we had bought all of our spudware and all of our stuff for the truck, 
And the day that the farmer's market opened, they were like, no, you guys need to change everything because we can't compost this in Sonoma. And you're like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, yeah. they like have a season's worth of, you know, to-go containers. But yeah, and you have to think like now people are like freaking out. Oh my God, there's so many plastic bags. Oh my God, you know, like, and everything that's an issue changes its priority, goes up or down on the list. But 100%. yeah. And yeah. I mean, do you, have you been changing menus based on things that travel better or? Oh, so, so, you know, so what we did was, you know, after the initial shock of all of it, about ten, you know, 10 days into it, we said, okay, strategically, you know, let's open Mina Family Kitchen. And the, the really, it was to try to, what we wanted to do was be able to keep as many people employed and then be able to f do family meal for our staff across the country. Because the one thing, like, we knew that we couldn't keep everyone, every employee employed that was in the restaurants. But we also said, you know, what's the, what, what's the best value of, of you know, us giving, you know, trying to give whatever we could give financially, um, there, that's just going to be a very small number to a lot of people. So what can we do? So we wanted to, to, to create like family meal because we're so used to family meal in the restaurant. So how do we do this across the country while the restaurants are closed? Right. And so in San Francisco, knock on wood, so many amazing, you know, just human beings that we opened Mina Family Kitchen. So we basically said, you know, can you do six dishes? I'll do six dishes. Adam does the Italian concept. He does. So we kind of just did, you, you know, utilized our restaurants and concepts to create one big menu that kind of had everything from barbecue from International Smoke to, you know, sushi from Can, right? And, um, and then we took and then did that so that you could kind of order from one spot. And then we took all of the proceeds from that and then used that for, to do the family meals across the country. But those were different. Those, there was no delivery. Those were just the employees coming and then we would open up. And so they would just come and pick up food every day for them and their family. And so that was how it started. But honestly, it was an amazing um, experience because all of a sudden, we had, you know, 25 or 30 people that are, you know, at a pretty high level, all thinking about how to do this and how to do it right and how to put the systems in place and how to, and then everyone started kind of obsessing over how to make it great. And so what we would do every day is I told everyone, I was like, look, you're never going to have this opportunity again where you're in San Francisco and you have all these amazing chefs in San Francisco. And if you order, it's like every day, let's order from like three or four different restaurants. Oh, so let's see what great. they're doing. Like, let's understand their packaging. Let's understand what they're doing. Uh, it was really cool. Like, the, you know, when you look at, you know, these these great chefs that are sh shifting their mind and their brain, <laughs> like how it's going to be. So it, it was it was exciting. And, you know, honestly, we're still doing it. Um, you know, as we've been able to open restaurants, um, there's, you know, we still have Mean Family Kitchen going and we're still doing a lot of delivery out of there. Awesome. And, and, uh, and then... What it's really done is it's enabled us to build some really cool, fun, you know, virtual kitchens within our kitchens. And so like in Del Mar, where we have International Smoke, we also have, you know, Mac and Q and Tokyo Hot Chicken, right? And so, uh -huh. <laughs> and so 
you know, you've got like two other concepts going out of the restaurant. Um, so if you're, you know, let's say you're doing 25, 30% of your revenue that you did in the dining room before because you got less seats or whatever that is, then at least you still have some delivery and you can kind of make it work enough to, yeah. you know, at this point, it's like you get it to break even and you keep the, the core team together, you're doing yeah. good. You know? Exactly. I mean, for sure, our pop-up in the plaza um, over the summer was a break even. It was, it was yeah. literally just keeping people there and it was hard, you know, them yeah. setting up and breaking down every day and it just, yeah. But, yeah. you know, we kind of do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we've learned a lot from it. I mean, I think there's yeah. things that we'll definitely take into the future. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I hope they let us keep the sidewalk dining into the future. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Um, and alcohol out the window. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's pretty amazing yeah. right now. <laughs> For cocktails to go. What, um, so the wit and wisdom in Baltimore, how many wit and wisdoms are there? Two? No, there's just the one. Baltimore, we closed. Okay. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. just similar to what that was or kind um, of different similar in the sense that we the style of food but not, none of the dishes because baltimore we you know very regional there we were really into the maryland and we don't we dove you know hit i mean we were doing peanut soup so. oh, oh, wow <laughs> it was <laughs> oh, i miss the maryland crabs i can tell you yeah. that yeah, we dove in pretty heavy there, but the style was the same, you know, wood burning, the, you know, so the, it, it, there we had a really, we had done that Jefferson kitchen, Thomas Jefferson, like all of the wood burning equipment out front yeah. and kind of what it was themed after. And so here it's the same equipment, a little bit different feel to the restaurant, you know, but um, same, same style of cooking, you know, just, and, and yeah, kind of, when we had done that restaurant in Baltimore and, you know, Brian, the question you had asked earlier about wine country, I used to actually say this, if we ever did something in wine country, this is how it should feel. You know, I used to tell our team, like, this is the style of cooking we should be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, not that, no, like not too many, you know, a menu that's really approachable that has, could, you know, has food that you want to eat on it, but really more about, you know, this great, like good burning equipment and just having, you know, the, the product and the technique to do a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. do, does the chef um, there get to add specials or, you know, create oh, things without okay. your approval? 100%. So the way that we do it, I mean, Harrison uh, Chernick is, uh, you know, running the kitchen and the way that we always do it is, um, you know, we do the the, the initial menu together as a group. Um, and then, you know, and then all of the, the chef runs specials, they get to do tasting menu, they can do whatever really on a daily basis, whatever they want to do. And then when they want to change dishes, then it gets ran that are going to be on the menu. Then they, then it goes back through my son, through mm -hmm. our corporate chef. So meaning like the whole set menu that. Yeah. 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 As they want to change the, you know, when they want to do specials or they want to do tasty menus for the evening or cook for people, you know, that, that we like to like let the chef and, and the team in the kitchen all do that together on so that every day they're 
they're thinking about, you know, what, what, from the simplest thing, like what's going to be our VIP amuse tonight, you know, right. so they're constantly thinking. And then when they actually want to take a dish off the menu and change it for another dish, then that's when we, you know, okay. that's when we have a little bit more of approval on it. Mm -hmm. Jeff, I'm just curious when, um, like, do you think you'll ever have a full on Egyptian restaurant? Well, Michael Mina, before we closed was, you know, before we closed for the pandemic for the last year was 100% Middle Eastern, heavily Egyptian. It was. At a really, really high level. And, um, and, it, it, and that was something I was so proud of. And actually, you know, we were heavily into the cookbook right before the pandemic. Like we were just going to Egypt to shoot it. And um, we had done like, you know, I'd been there. We had done three trips and really had gotten it all set up. And that, um, you know, and it was really, it was, it was this kind of collision. It was not like, okay, we're going to do Egyptian street food because, you know, um, that isn't, you know, I wanted to show something different. I wanted to show how you could take these products and you could take some of the history and the culture and, and, you know, which is so rich and how you could do it at a very upscale level. And for us, it was our high, most high-end restaurant and we were doing, and it was, and it was being received really, really favorably. Mm -hmm. by our, well, Where it was is great. the cookbook now? It's on hold. I mean, because, <laughs> I mean, we have to, a lot of it is going to be being there and the, and right. the, and the right. photography and everything else. There's no way we can do it right now. So it'll, it'll, it? It'll take it'll take a year. Uh, it'll it'll take it it'll take a year. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, a year longer than it was gonna yeah. take. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh man. So I don't know. Like, so what's next? I mean, do you have like three more openings coming up? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we you know we have we have more openings, but really, I mean, a lot of it's just gonna hopefully be you know. The, um, as hopefully we find, you know, find ways to move forward, at, you know, as a, as a country, as a world, you know, yeah. um, reopening some of these restaurants will be, is going to, you know, take obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, you know, been, been, uh, been kind of fun to just really give, getting everyone to think about, you know, as you start to look at reopening, what are, what, what are the things that you always wanted to improve on and change and how do we do it at that time? So it kind of almost feels like openings every time we do one now. <laughs> That's true. Are, Chef, are you guys still, are you still doing the cook, taste, eat um, online? Video? No, no. I was thinking that this would be like the perfect time. <laughs> no, it was, it was ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. That was a big undertaking. <laughs> can people still access the videos though? Yeah, yeah. You can okay. go on like you can just literally go cook tasty. Um, you know, Google it, and they there are a lot of them are on Vimeo. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's, wow. Yeah, I don't know if you ever if you ever saw that, Sandra, but it was a sort of I'm a huge undertaking. It. It's like 2012, 2013, something like that, mm -hmm. and and um, basically teaching teaching people how to cook high-end food in your home with very, very um, high-end um, video um, production and, and amazing food. 
Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Was, Have you done fun. any of the competition shows, the Top Chef or Chopped or? I, I mean, I've judged a decent okay. amount of them. I have, I really haven't done too many of them, but um, you know, uh, a couple, but for the most <laughs> part, you know, I yeah, just did. I'm just like, no one's allowed in our place. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> the editing process of all of those shows make me crazy. I know. Yeah, well, they end up, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, well, so when you're you, opening restaurants like Michael, though, you're you're basically the, I mean, yeah. you're you're you have your own reality show going on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What um? So what are you working on in Vegas now? Um. Well, I, I mean, right now we really are. You know, the the goal of of being of moving here was that we were going to be able to really. Uh, the majority of our corporate team is here now. And so we're going to set up, you know, our, um, our career pathing and, and learning center and test kitchen and everything here. Um, and fabulous. so, and so we're working on that right now it, it got put on hold a little bit during the pandemic, but now it's starting to, to why, take shape. Why Vegas? Why did you pick Vegas instead of somewhere else? Well, for, for me, you know, really we were established in two markets heavily right san francisco and las vegas and the and those honestly were probably the two cities that san francisco being number one and being the city that everything happened and started it all made it all happened for me and then las vegas being the second one and those are the two cities that have really um gotten us to you know to to this place and so when that happens usually you know we have so much time in and um, relationships here, it was one or the other. And the reality of it is, and you know, not for good, bad, or in between. I mean, it's sometimes better to just be honest about it. Like people on our team, you know, you know, uh, everyone said, you know, to be able to, for them to live, they're going to live a much better life in Las Vegas and what they can yeah, afford. Financially, and, yeah. And, and what we can really do with what we're trying to do. And what we're trying to do is pretty dynamic and and it's hopefully to set this up for a long time hopefully past you know myself and patrick who's the president of mina group who's been you know my partner and and um and so you know it just made more sense to do it here because this is where everyone a lot of people felt that they could buy a house they could you know have you know have a family life and things of that nature and and so that that had a big part of it and then you know we have again you know great relationships with with um here in las vegas as well and so it, you know we really could have done it in either spot yeah what is las vegas like right now is it are, are they doing any um indoor dining yeah yeah i think it's 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 50 percent, and um it's oh, not bad yeah and and you know it's really just it's social distancing so kind of this six feet and that 50 percent that's pretty much goes hand in hand i think 50 percent kind of is about uh with a lot of our restaurants about where the seating capacity was but um you know i, I mean obviously it's 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 a lot slower than it was but at least the majority of what we three of our four restaurants are open right now Ooh, what is that like inside the casino do they do they make people socially distanced like at a blackjack table um they 
<laughs> yeah, I think you might have just stumped me because I don't think I've been to a blackjack table. So okay. Like, <laughs> just curious what that looks like. I mean, normally you picture the inside of a casino and you've got people sort of packed in and um, yeah, it's right, like right up. There's definitely social distancing. Okay. I, I'm not sure exactly how they do the tables. I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure they have them six feet apart, guaranteed that they there's no way that they don't. But I'm just now you've got me curious, like if they're putting any dividers or anything up. That's what I'm thinking, like plexiglass <laughs> yeah. in between each player <laughs> or something. Look, <laughs> usually I go in the back and I go straight to the restaurant. Now I'm going to yeah. go on. No. <laughs> are your um vegas restaurants union yes all of them yeah. yeah and so you have some restaurants that are union and some not yeah I, I mean vegas is the the majority of them i don't have too many that are um but yeah it, every once in a while in a certain hotel there will be i think we've only got a couple outside of vegas there's only a few more that are uh-huh. is it oh. really different how that works uh, it depends, depends on the, the union and where you are. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, we've, Vegas is different. I'd say the, the majority of properties are union and the union here is actually, I think there's a lot of positive with what, what they do and how they handle it compared to the, you know, horror stories that I've heard in other places, which, you know, I don't know if they're true or not, because I think, you know, sometimes I actually had a pretty good I had a good experience in San Francisco myself when I worked with oh, um, West. It, oh. it, yeah, we had it, at, you know, when I was at the Westin with Michael Mino's union and, um, too. and you know, it, it just yet there's like in Vegas, there's actually, it's actually in, in some ways, there's some structure that may makes things a, a little easier to win. You know, people aren't tugging on your shirt all the time for a raise or this or that. Right. I mean, there's more structure. That sometimes, you know, I think in a big environment um, can help. And then, um, so, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's certain positives to it for sure. If, Chef, if you moved into a hotel, for example, I, I opened up the Four Seasons in San Francisco on Market Street. If you mm -hmm. were, if you came in to an existing hotel and did, you know, where you opened up a restaurant, but it wasn't, it was basically a man, either you were just doing the management or, or if it was just independent, do you necessarily have to agree to the same terms as the rest of the hotel, as far as unions go? Um, it just depends. I mean, it, it, I think it, it depends, you know, like um, for the most part you do, but then, you know, like with the Western, the, uh, you know, we had a really, we had a good relationship. We worked a lot with local too on it because they wanted to do they let us pilot an apprenticeship program in the kitchen. And, um, and so they, they kind of got to use it as the restaurant is almost like an education center. And so we did get some, you know, some, we had, we had some classroom time and we had some things that were pretty unique and, and worked pretty well, actually. Um, and we were able to pull off and, and to, and made that all work. Um, and so in that case, you know, we had, a little bit different relationship than the rest of the hotel on certain areas not on all areas so like stewarding was exactly the same you know but in places where we could add value that the, the union felt there was value to be added like you know teaching you know people how to cook at a higher level or whatever so they could go out and then make the next step to management or whatever we were able to to negotiate some you know some favorable terms that were worked for both sides interesting
And you mentioned International Smoke. How did you, how did you and Aisha Curry get together? <laughs> Uh, Were you, are you a Warriors fan? Were you, of course. <laughs> in Bay Area, right? Bay Area you know that sports. Much now. Yeah. No, no, no. I was no diehard Bay Area sports fan. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. We were both doing some work with William Sonoma, and so they had put together a lunch at, at Michael Mina, and Aisha was coming in, and we, um, and I had hadn't really had a chance to spend time with her. And, sat down and we ended up, I think she came in for lunch and we ended up sitting there till like six o'clock that evening, just talking about, I was fascinated. I thought, you know, this is somebody who's really um, going to make, you know, who's really doing some amazing things that I think um, are being noticed obviously very much now, but at, at that time she was, it was a little bit earlier on. And she really wanted to, you know, she, the, I always laugh with her because she's like, you know, well, what, you know, what's the best way to, um, you know, do I go to culinary school? Do I do this? Because she'd been cooking for a while and she had a, her own style. And I said, no, you know, you're not, you're not realistically, you're not going to do that. Right. So why don't we, you start, you know, spend some time with us, um, you know, spend some time with us in the kitchen and everything else. And then you know, let's kind of just see, see where it goes. And as we were doing that, and as we spent more time together, we, you know, this, the idea behind international smoke, you know, is something that like every country kind of has, when you go to any country, they've got their own style of barbecue, you know, and they will, you know, it's, you know, or live fire cooking. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of what we had talked about food wise made sense you know, it, st it started just kind of, the menu started writing itself. And then we said, let's try it out in the test kitchen. And we tried it out when we, you know, had the test kitchen open and it was sold out every day. It was, wow. it was bonkers, you know, how busy it was. Mm -hmm. And so from there, you know, um, you know, RN74 had kind of ran its course and, um, you know, Raj, you know, still doing, still working with us, but obviously had gone on to, to, you know, make, make his wines and do so many great things. And he wasn't in the restaurant anymore. And it definitely wasn't the same without having Raj there. It's an amazing, you know, it really was Raj's restaurant. Mm -hmm. And, and it was never the same after that, really. And, um, and so, you know, we said, you know, let's, let's give it a shot. And it's been extremely successful. Oh, that's awesome. Very fun. Yeah, and, and if you ever don't need those seats, um, you know, let me know. I'm happy to. <laughs> I imagine you've got some pretty good seats at some of the games, if you'd uh, like. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. This was so much fun. Thank you for giving us your time. Oh, my pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. Really my... cool. I look forward to meeting you in person. Likewise. And like yeah. I said, my wife will be there. She's going to do. I, have you had my wife's Bloody Mary mix yet? No, Ever drops no. I, I know it's famous. So, it's really, yeah. So she's going to do something at Wit and Wisdom, I think, next Sunday. Um, oh, and so very for, fun. Very yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, is yeah, you, Sonoma carrying it? Yeah, um, not anymore. She's, Bevmo has it now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Very cool. And Chef, are Love you still you. selling the, I'm sorry, Sandra, I had to know, are you still selling the, 
your grills through Williams-Sonoma? The... Yes, yeah, yeah. Those things are amazing. I've seen the video, but I've never, I've never had one in person. And I, uh, and I wondered when I saw it, how come no one had ever come up with a different design before? I know, it's funny. They're, they're cool. They, they, they work great too. It works really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I forgot so, what I was gonna say. Sorry, Sandra. I I, I had to mention, and it, the <laughs> coolest part. Short memory. The coolest part, though, is you know, because I've got a grill at home, and it's it's that you could put the the um, sheet pans and kind of in on the sides to where they locked in as shelves, and then you could remove them and put them in. It was like next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, Sandra, it sounds like you got some Bloody Mary mix on the way. Yeah, um, I'll share it. And 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 Michael, I've got four or five of my coworkers that are currently working with you because they're furloughed from the Fairmont. So I, oh. I, it's going to be a struggle to try and get them back. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you, you seem like a very nice guy to work for. So yeah. I think we're in big trouble. Oh, we'll work it out. Yeah. Um, so, um, Michaelmina.com.net. Dot .net, yeah. Dot .net, and then people can find all the locations there. Yeah. Social there. We'll include that in our show notes. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No. Thank you. Yeah. Well, welcome fun. to the neighborhood. It's good yeah, to have you. Welcome to Sonoma. <laughs> thank you. I should be warning <laughs> you about things, but I'll let you. You'll figure <laughs> it out. You probably already know some of them with the city. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. If you guys want to check out some of our past episodes, you can go to thebikeozone.com. Also check us out on Radio Misfits or all of your social media platforms. We'd appreciate uh, a review. Give us a like. If there's anyone you'd like to see on the show, then um, just send us an email and we'd love to hear from you. Chef Michael Mina, thanks again. Totally appreciate your time. Sandra, it's been good. You guys have a good week. Thank you. Be safe. Likewise. Thank you. Bye.